Amen. Well, we're in a, a series called Welcome to the Family right now. Uh, we started it a, a few weeks ago. Uh, I've preached a message, a couple of those. Pastor Mike has preached a couple of those. Um, we started off talking about why church? Why are we attending? And we talked about it, something that we don't just attend, but we join ourselves to. The body of Christ is something that we, we join ourselves to, allow the blood of Jesus to wash through us and to bring unity amongst us that we can go out and, and touch the community. Uh, the second week, Pastor Mike, he brought a message on honoring and talked about how when we're honoring one another, we're creating an atmosphere for God to move. And then I brought a message last week on, on faithfulness, um, faithfulness with our, our, our time, faithfulness with our resources, um, faithfulness to be able to be entrusted with something that God gives us, or maybe it's a boss or whatever the case might be, but faithfulness to be able to take what's given and be able to return increase back to God, uh, back to our workplace, back in our families. Um, if you didn't catch that message uh, or any of them, you can go and view them, uh, I believe, on, um, on uh, uh, YouTube uh, or something. Or it might even be uh, Facebook. So you can go on there. Um, but today, what we're doing is we're going through Victory Life's core values, or we call them governing values. Um, so we went through honoring. We went through faithful. Today, we're going to talk about excellence and next, next week, teachable. So these are the governing values in which we, we run the church, we run the ministry, and these are essential to everything that we do. We're looking at in our conversations, are they honoring? Are we being faithful with the things that we're asked to do? Are we doing with excellence the ministry? Are we teachable? We're going to talk about that again next week. But these governing values, they really affect everything that we do uh, on a day-to-day -day basis um, and on a week-to-week -week basis. But these are also things I want you to notice. These are things that you can take into your workplace. You can take into your home. These are things that we can do to be able um, to glorify God more uh, in our everyday life. So talking about excellence, what is biblical excellence? Well, to be honest with you, I don't think we can talk about biblical excellence without talking about Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so it was years in the waiting, and we finally got a Chick-fil-A in Battle Creek, and then God calls us to St. Joe. It's okay. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. It's okay. It'll work out fine. It'll save me definitely a lot of money. Um, so 11 people going to Chick-fil-A is not an everyday experience. Okay. Uh, so, but when I, when I look at Chick-fil-A and I look at the way that they run things, I look at the excellence in which they are, they are, um, uh, running that business on a day to day. You go in there and you see lots of people working. I mean, there is, I am shocked at the amount of people that are working, but they all know their role. They all know what to do. They all say, my pleasure. I even noticed, uh, I think it was McDonald's is starting to say, my pleasure. Is that right? Something like that? Like, you guys are cheating. So that's a Chick-fil-A thing. My pleasure. So you just look at the way that they run that business, and it's super healthy. Um, my son, Caleb, he's not here today. He's working on production back at the main campus. 
um, he's working there. He's 15 years old and he's working at, at Chick-fil-A and looking at him and the other Victory Life people that are working there. And there, there's a sense of excellence that they are bringing to an already excellent business. And that's one of the things that I know it's Pastor James' heart, it's my heart, is that we will learn things in here that we can take out there and people start to say, now that's an employee that I want. That's somebody that's running, they, they, they know how to work, they know what needs to be done. Um, it, it's, it's not about being the best, it's about doing our best. Uh, excellence, I, I wrote this down, excellence is not a policy, it's a mindset. These are things that, that we determine in our heart. We're going to read about Daniel in just a quick second. But Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself. It was something that in his heart he had already determined beforehand of how he was going to live and how he was going to act. When we take that excellence out into the workplace, into our homes, into the community, it really transforms things. And people start to look at us with like, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. It's, it, excellence could be something as simple as you see a paper on the ground and you say, that's my paper. You're not waiting for somebody else to pick it up. You pick it up. It, it's going to work and you're not, you're not showing up five minutes late, you're 10 minutes early. These are little things that show excellence that we are, we are prepared for what it is that God's called us to do. Sometimes when it, when it, uh, uh, we, we weren't always, as a family, we weren't always on time. It was a, it was a lot to get people it, together, get them into the car, and get us on our way, and we would show up 10 minutes late to church. And then it switched that that's not going to work. Oh, Siri's talking to me. Sorry. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things that we realized if we're going to be just because we have a large family doesn't mean that we can be late and we have an excuse so we get up earlier we get prepared Jillian even sets clothes out the night before for kids or they get their their clothes around and then we're able to get to the places that we need we're trying to show a level of excellence in the things that we do but as I said, Daniel, uh, in, in Daniel 5.12, it says, Inasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting of dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar, now let Daniel be called and he will give the interpretation. Daniel had an excellent spirit. He had a heart dedicated to God, and out of that heart dedicated, he lived in excellent spirit. Even in the midst of wicked rule, of a government that maybe he didn't agree with, he still had an excellent spirit, and he determined his faithfulness and his character to God. We can take that in. See, excellence is not... It's not just doing good enough because just doing good enough is not quality. We seek to do our best in what it is that God has set before us. If you remember last week, we talked about Matthew 25, um, 
the 25, 14 through 16. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went out and traded with them and made another five talents. And the one that had two went out and two. The one that had one went out and buried it. See, according to their ability, the, the, the master gave to each according to their ability. According to their ability, their ability was their excellence. What were they going to do with what they were given? Were they faithful to increase it, but were they serving with excellence to handle what was given to them? I don't know if you've noticed, but there's two economies going on in the world. We've got the world's economy, and we've got God's economy, the kingdom. The world says, give me a raise and I'll do more. Give me a promotion. I'll do more work. The temptation, and we see this all the time, is to do minimum effort for the maximum return. Now, I understand efficiency, but there's also a spirit behind, I'll do the minimum, but I want the most. I want as much as I can get. That's why the lottery is so huge. Maybe if I just buy this one ticket, I'll get a lot. And that'll change my life. And that we've seen that does nothing but bring discouragement and ruin. But I love this. In Philippians 3.20, it says, our citizenship is in heaven. So again, we've got the world's economy. We've got the kingdom economy. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Excellence can be summed up in the phrase, and then some. And then some. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. And then some. That's how, that's how excellence can be summed up. So let's talk about a heart of excellence, how a heart of excellence releases God's favor. And we're going to open our Bibles to Genesis 24, verse 10. If you've got your Bibles, you want to click it on. Verse 10 through 21. So I'm going to read this, and then we're going to talk. It says, Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed. So what, what's the backstory? What are we doing here? So this is Abraham is sending out his servant to go look for a bride for Isaac. Okay, so that's the setting. Abraham calls the servant and says, I want you to go find a bride for Isaac. And this is picking up the story. Okay. It says, then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed. For all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, 
Please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And it happened before he finished speaking that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin, no man had known her, and she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please, let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, Drink, my lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to, the, to draw water, and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering, wondering at her remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So Rebecca went an extra mile for Abraham's servant and offered water to not only him and his camels, but his camels also. So the chore of getting this water. So do you put yourself into the story and imagine what this was like? So here she is. She would go down to a well. So a well, if you think about it, you could take the bucket, crank the, the crank, and it goes down into the water, pulls water up. You take that water, you put it aside, and you keep doing that. The other way is they would have to walk down these steps, down to the well, fill their water buckets, walk back up the steps, and that would be one trip. So you can imagine to do this for one person is one thing, but to feed 10 camels also is a whole nother story. So let's go through just a couple facts here. Scholars believe that watering the camels took over two hours. She had to go down to the well several times, each time waiting in line for, as the other women drew their water. It took a lot of physical labor, as you can imagine. A camel, you can write these down, a camel drinks 30 to 50 gallons of water at a time. 30 to 50. The humps would store their food, uh, the, the store fat for food, and then the camel carries water in its bloodstream. Water vessels would be carried on a woman's shoulder or head, and each vessel would hold three to five gallons. Starting to put two and two together here? Weighing 25 to 42 pounds each. So 10 trips per camel at 40 pounds per trip. This is what Rebecca did. 
Now, the interesting part is what was on the backs of these camels? So on the backs of these camels were riches, gold, silver, items that would go to whoever would water the camels. So as Rebecca is just serving, watering these camels, watering the servant, giving water to the servant, while she's serving in excellence, she is releasing riches into her life. As we serve in excellence, where we're at, the, the, the blessing and the favor of God is being released into our life as we faithfully serve with excellence. Right in front of her was blessings and riches. And with watering each camel, those blessings were released into her life and her family's. What would have happened to those blessings had she not been willing to serve with excellence? To have a heart of and then some. How many camels has God put before us that we have chosen to walk by? But if we have a heart of and then some, we release God's blessings into our lives. You want to release blessing into your marriage? He keeps talking to me. Sorry. <laughs> you want to release uh, excellence into your marriage? Then meet your spouse's needs with and then some. Excellence is not taught. It's an attitude. It's a desire. It's faith that says, I don't do this to get an attaboy or appreciation from a man but for the world who does not know Christ to look at me and say, and see Jesus through me to please my Father. That is why we serve with excellence. I don't need you to pat me on the back. Don't need you to say good job. Trust me, hey, words of affirmation, they're great. But the ultimate goal of serving with excellence is that people will know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one that is going to change their lives. It takes faith to walk out excellence. In Matthew chapter 5, it says in verse 38, it says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek turn to him the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. Verse 41 says, And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. God wants us to be second mile believers. So what's so big about the second mile? Well, commentary it says Romans could require you to go one mile on the drop of a hat see the Jews lived in a Roman in Roman culture and they said so the Romans could come up and they could say at any point in time I need you to drop what you're doing I need you and your family to carry my goods or to go with me one mile 
They have the legal right to do that. But Jesus was calling his followers to go above and beyond that. We, they, Romans would own you for one mile, but they could not compel you to go two. You had the right after one mile to drop your goods. You could leave them there, their goods, and say, I've fulfilled what it is that you've called me to do. But Jesus was teaching that Christians walk the second mile. For the first mile, the boss may own you. You might go and punch the clock, and you may go through things because you've got to do these things. But Jesus was saying that the difference between the Christian and the non-Christian is that the Christian walks the second mile and does the little extra what causes the person that is over them to say, wait a minute, they don't have to do this. They don't need to do this. Why are they doing this? I love how in, in Genesis after God would finish a day, so as he's creating the world, after every day, he'd step back and say, it's good. It's good. Can we look back at the end of our day or after a task and say, it's good. I, I did that with excellence. Now listen, I swear... I can go back and be like, oh, I could have done that a little bit better. Every day, can I get a little bit better? Can I do a little bit better? Growing in excellence. It's not as if you're going to have your, your head opened up and have excellence poured in and then all of a sudden you're perfect. You're doing everything with excellence. It's a walk. We're going to get better and better. But as we have our mind Again, we said this isn't a policy, it's a mindset. As your mind is sinking, as you are, your heart is being drawn to God and you're looking for ways to, to serve, to, to work, to live out of excellence, you're going to continue growing in that. And the Holy Spirit is going to help you bit by bit. In 1 Peter 4.11, it says, If anyone speaks... Let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Be a second mile believer, for in so doing you will release God's favor over your life just like Rebecca did by watering the camels. We're talking about excellence, not perfection. Two totally different things. Perfection brings bondage, but excellence is an ad attribute that brings joy. 
If you're not careful, you'll toggle into perfectionism. Bringing bondage into your life. I'm so thankful for the grace of God. I've tried to live perfect. It's, it's stifling. It's hard. It's a constant failure. But excellence is just different. Excellence is more about the heart than it is even about the action. Because when my heart is leading me, God comes in, changes my heart, and leads me. Now all of a sudden my actions have God in them. But I've got to submit my heart to Christ first. Hebrews tells us that without faith it is impossible to please God. We must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. One of my favorite scriptures is in Psalms and it says that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. Don't reverse those. We delight ourselves in the Lord first. Is he your delight today? If you let him come in and capture your heart, bringing about the change that will bring him glory. I wrote down, true biblical excellence is lived out when our hearts are moved in response to God's love. We don't live excellence and then God loves us. We respond to his love first. He changes us, and then we live out that love. You may be here this morning, and it felt like you were trying to earn God's love. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You did nothing to deserve God's love. He loves you. He is after your heart. We respond to his love by giving our hearts to Jesus and asking him to save us. Would you bow your heads? We respond to his love. We allow his love to change our hearts. There's one question every heart has to have answered. And that question is, is my heart right with God? You may say, I think so. You may say, I hope so. Hey, listen, I, I try to be a good person. Trying harder does not make you right with God. Today, you can know for absolute sure 
that your heart is right with God. There has to be a defining moment in everyone's life where we stop trying to be better, but we trust our hearts and our lives to Jesus Christ. Romans says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you are here this morning and you want to call out to God, you want to make sure that your heart is right with God and you've never called out to him, you've never said, Jesus, come into my life, I need your help, then right now I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you want to call on Jesus this morning, if you want to make sure that your heart is right with God, raise your hand. We're going to pray. On the count of three, we're going to pray. And that's us calling out to God. So if you're here this morning and you want to ask Jesus to come change your heart, I'm going to ask you right now to raise your hand. One, two, three. I see that hand. Amen. I see that hand. Amen. Anybody else? I see that hand. Amen. Amen. Well, what we're going to do, we're going to call on God right now. We're going to pray. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's a beautiful promise. And that's what we're going to do. If you raised your hand or you meant to, please repeat this prayer after me. And church, if you'll pray along with encur- for encouragement. Let's say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe Jesus died on the cross and that he rose again, that he is seated on the throne. Jesus, forgive me for all that I've done wrong and I choose to forgive all others. Come into my heart today and forever. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.